0: Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. We'll just read a few verses, reading from verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee, was baptized of John and Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Father, we do reverence the blood of your Son, We do respect all that he has done for us. And we do believe that he paid our debt in full. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would now enable me, a man with frailties, to bring your word to this people. And Lord, as our faces differ, so do our needs, and you know every one of them. So we ask you to meet them there, Father, where you deem it fit and glorify your only begotten, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sword fencing with the devil. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The synoptic simply means to see with the same eye, or to give a general view of something, or the whole of the whole of something, to see with the same eye. So if myself and Aaron and say, Billy saw something and witnessed it. At the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word would be established. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic, looking through the same eye, and as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has led them to write, so they have written. And there are variations, but yet the same story. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell of the temptation or the trial in the wilderness of Christ, And if you were to go through the lineage of Christ, when we come to Mark, Mark has us here in chapter 1, where Jesus springs right out, as it were, from obscurity to the River Jordan to be baptized at the age of 30. There's nothing told about his, his lineage, his past, or who he was in the Gospel of Mark. If you go to Matthew, Matthew brings the Lord Jesus back in his lineage, as is according to the flesh, that is. And he brings him right back, uh, to Abraham and then when you go to Luke Luke brings him right back to Adam so you can see there we go from 30 years of age back to Abraham then to Adam but John which is not one of the synoptic gospels John writes from a different perspective and John brings us right into eternity when he says in the beginning was the word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and shows us Christ as the Word of the Father. Now, notice this. When we look at the temptation, if we can call it that, some people call it the trial of Christ, we're going to show you, we want to flick back and forward. So, if you can mark briefly Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, for that's where the other two Gospels hold this story. Matthew chapter 4. And Luke chapter 4. Mark unfortunately gives us a little bit of different information but not an awful lot of extra information after the baptism of Christ and he goes to the Judean wilderness to have an encounter as many say with the devil. See by the time we're finished we're going to show you that the devil had an encounter with Jesus. We always think it's Jesus encountering the devil. No, no, no. It is the devil encountering Jesus, because he is greater. And as, even as the old hymn writer said, Jesus is greater than Satan and sin, and Satan to Jesus must buy. And even in the, the manhood of Christ, even in the manhood of God, that is in the person of his son, we find that here in the weakest parts, at the weakest moments, he still is perfection. He still Is perfection. Now, notice this. When we talk about this, we're going to flick back and forward across a few of these. We're going to show you the differences in the synoptic gospels on this. And here's something else I want you to take note of. That many, we tend to think, well, there's a little man with the red suit and the red horns and the trident in his hand with a long tail, and that's the devil poking Jesus. That's not the way it is at all. The devil was a, Satan was a spirit. a a, a created spirit fallen he is a cherub that covered we're told in the scripture but here he is in the desert now many think that he comes just spiritually and that may be so we're not told but many others think that he comes in the person of the or uh, personified in people through the pharisees who hated him remember jesus said in john chapter 8 to them ye are off your Father the devil, and the loss of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and it's thought that they were right to persecute him from the start, whether it is or whether it isn't. Remember also that in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and in verse 14, Paul tells us that even the devil or Satan is transformed into an angel of light. So things that look even well or good or sound well or good may not necessarily be of God. We are to test the spirits, try them, see whether they be of God or not. So whether this is spiritual, or whether this is a spirit or working through the Pharisees, well, we'll leave that to others that uh, would like to argue about it, I don't. Uh, nevertheless, the devil came, whether it is this fallen angel himself or whether through another. If you notice something here, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, After the baptism of our Lord, and immediately the Spirit, capital S is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. The Spirit driveth him. That's important. Notice the word driveth is a word And it means to throw out or to cast out or to send out. And it's a very strong word. Almost to take you and drive you right out. And it's used with the idea that, uh, uh, throughout the scripture where Jesus casts out demons and devils out of men and out of women, out of the young man that his father brings uh, to Jesus. And he's, uh, he, uh, and many others throughout the scripture could we'll give you example after example, but it, it would just take too long. It's the exact same word where Jesus casts out the demons with that force, but the Holy Spirit now comes on Jesus, form of a dove and casts him, drives him away from Jordan into the Judean wilderness to be tempted of the devil. For example, in Mark chapter 12, uh, also it talks about Jesus telling the parable of the man who plants the vine in the vineyard. And of course, he sends his servants to work on it. And uh, of course, in the events, he sends his son because there's no fruit coming from the vineyard. And in Mark chapter 12 and verse 8, the parable goes on to say, And they took him, that is, the son, speaking of himself being rejected by the Pharisees and jury. Hence the idea that this is the Pharisees in the wilderness by Satan. Rejected and cast out and crucified outside the city walls. And so they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Mark chapter 12 and verse 8 says that. The word cast here is the exact same word for driveth. The Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Notice, the Spirit driving Jesus, this is important now, does not imply that Jesus was reluctant to go. That's not what it means, okay? It does not imply that Jesus was reluctant to go, but rather it's the opposite. The idea given here is that Jesus was willing, and so willing, yielded to the word of his Father and to the moving of the Spirit, that he was preoccupied in his mind so much he had to go. So that's the idea of it. So please don't think he was uh, taken captive uh, against his will, for he wasn't. The Spirit in verse 12 descends upon him in Mark 1 like the form of a dove. And the Spirit in verse 13 driveth him out. Here's something for us all to take note. When you have a real encounter with God, and if you have a real encounter with the anointing of God, you expect for that anointing to be tested. You expect for that anointing in your life to be tested. And you expect for that ministry you think you're going into that you'll be tested and tried before you're brought into it. Listen, people think it's easy. you know, just be a pastor and get up and preach or just be a preacher and get out and shout and, you know, bring the scriptures. I can tell you something that as soon as you step forward, whether it's in youth or, mini- or children's ministry or whatever ministry it is, you can be assured as soon as you step forth that the devil will meet you in the path. He will meet you in the way. And everything, whether it's the preacher or in the pulpit pew, from the pulpit to the pew, You be assured that the devil will test. But here's the wonderful thing about it. The Spirit took Jesus there. He was always under the influence of God. And it's when you're at your weakest, we're going to look at it. It's when at your your lowest, you're going to see here, when you're at your most vulnerable, that the devil comes to attack you. And it's how you deal with that. If you yield to the devil's temptations... See, if you yield to the devil's temptations to make you drunk, to make you go out, you're failing every cut and turn. And the Lord won't take you any step further. If you're failing the temptation where you're running into the world every time you have a trouble, if you're failing every time the temptation of the devil comes and you're, well, it was weak and it was down and it was low, and you're failing every temptation, God will not bless you further. You cannot be used of God anymore. You must be right in his sight. And you must get through one hurdle, one experience. You must get past that temptation. You must grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It's no good saying, look, I can get on how I like because I'm covered in the blood and I'm under grace. Thank the Lord I'm saved. If you're saved, you wouldn't get on like that. It's as simple as that. You and I should be different. If if, if anger and aggression is a problem, brother or sister, deal with it. Let God deal with it. Because that's the devil coming to you and you're failing the test every time. Deal with it. In fact, let him deal with it. God deal with it. The only thing is, if you don't deal with it, God deals with it, he'll deal with it in a way you don't want him to deal with it. (laughs) People step into ministry and they think, well, I'll just get up and do this because it's in my head to do it. I can tell you, ministry is hard. I know you think I work one day a week. Great on a Sunday, you get up there and preach to people. I can tell you, ministry is 24-7. Even if you're in the house getting a break, it's all in your mind, it's in your heart, there's something there. You're attacked constantly by the devil. And if you don't, if you don't overcome time and time and time again, you will die in it. You will die in it. Jesus was let out in the Spirit. And so remember this every time the devil comes to attack. Every time the devil comes to attack. No matter when it is. Every time, whether it's in your heart and your mind. We're going to look through twelve points, not all today, by the way. We'll maybe get the one or two. We might get to one or two. There's twelve points here that I have written. I sat down to write here and I couldn't stop writing and I still haven't finished it. Here's the twelve points. We're going to look at it. every time the devil comes to attack, you must get the victory. Or you're going round the mountain again. Jesus understands. No, he doesn't. That's a cop out. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He doesn't understand. He says to the woman caught in adultery, Go and sin no more. Stop it, he says. So whatever it is, aggression, bitterness of heart, hate for people, let the Lord deal with it. Let the Lord deal with it. If you've got a pen you want to write them down, I don't think you'll get them in time, but here's the 12 points we'll look at over the next wee while. First of all, we're going to look at this spiritually. That'll be this morning. Then we'll look physically. When you're physically racked and tired. We'll look at it mentally. The battlefield. We'll look at it scripturally. What about the scriptures? We'll look at it positionally. That's number five. Then we'll look at humility. If there's no humility, just forget about it. And then persistently, we're going to look at it. How the devil will come again. And then visually. And then we'll look at the authority. And then we're going to look at being assertively. And then we're going to look at the exclusivity. And then lastly, we'll look at it seasonally. Now, obviously, we're not going to get there today. Unless you want to stay right through to the evening service. So let's see how we get in the next wee while. How far we get on in the next little while. Notice this. Turn to Matthew 4, Matthew's account. Matthew 4 in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit. See the difference? Led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So is this a contradiction in the Scripture? No, not at all. The word led up is the word anago. It means to be taken up. Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, speaks of Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to be dedicated at the temple, says, "And they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord." The word brought in Luke 2 and verse 22 is the word "Anago." The little baby. He is carried in the arms of Mary, brought into the temple, and he is borne along by her." That's the idea. The mind of Christ was completely yielded, and the Spirit carried and drove him. Now he's carried along in the arms. And it shows that even the little one, as a baby, he's helpless. He's, you know, he's land there. The God of heaven, veiled in flesh, taking on the size of a span, as it were, in the arms of a sinful, frail young woman who needed a Savior herself brought into the temple what a god what a god what a christ we serve and he's allowed this to happen notice this they brought him to jerusalem where they carried him in luke chapter 22 verse 66 says and as soon as it was day the elders and the people and the chief priests and the scribes together and led him to the council saying Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. Do you know there's there's the amount of people who have heard the gospel and still don't believe. I went to that church today, but I just still don't believe. Jesus said to the Pharisees, notice the link here. That's why many think it was the Pharisees driven by Satan. And they bring him, we're told, in Luke 22 and verse 66, they led him to the council. So now they're taking him along. He allowed himself to be taken by the hands of those sinful men to go to a cross to be crucified. Notice the humility of Christ is remarkable. Well, I'm not going to let her talk to me like that. <laughs> I've heard it, I've seen it all before I'm not going to let him say all about me I roll the sleeves up you know. come on brother, Come sister where's your humility? where's the humility? outside of the synoptic gospels listen in John chapter 5 and verse 19 Jesus said, the son can do nothing of himself. <laughs> this man is God in flesh. And he says, see, as far as I'm concerned as a man, I can do nothing of myself. He became as weak as you, but without sin. Notice John chapter 5 and verse 30, he says, he says, I can of my own self do nothing. And then in John chapter 6 and verse 38, he says, I am not come to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So here is Jesus taking the great stoop down. Let your eye run down, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2. Please, just open up Philippians chapter 2. And this passage we're about to read, part of it anyway, is called the Kenosis passage, if you want to. Be fancy and write that down to your Bible. And it's the argument of the emptying of himself of Jesus. And some say Jesus wasn't God anymore. Jesus was always God. Always. Now, notice this in Philippians 2, verse 6. It says of the Lord Jesus, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, the next verse, as we all know, for it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, if Christ hadn't humbled himself even to go to this wilderness. If Christ hadn't have humbled himself to go to the cross and allow them to be carried, he would never have received the glory of the Father. Doesn't that make sense? Because none of us could do it in its fullness. So he came and did it for us. Isn't that tremendous? Now because he's exalted on high, those of us who are in Christ, we are seated with him. And everything that he is and has done is upon us, and we are in him. We are saved. So Luke chapter 4, if you go to Luke's account, please. Luke says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Notice how it's a little different, but the same. Luke 4 and verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Would you say full? Yes. No, would you say full of the Holy Ghost? Yes. Now, if Christ was full of the Holy Ghost, you and I need to be full of the Holy Ghost too. Amen. And you and I need the, fooling, the fulfillment in the Holy Spirit to be able to defeat the devil. <laughs> We need to understand that we are in Christ, and he comes out full of the Holy Ghost. He had the Spirit without measure, yet he allowed himself to be taken into the wilderness. Notice, full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The word here is similar to the last word. It's not a go, but it's just a go, and it means something similar. It's used for... Hebrews 2 and 10, when it talks about the fathers and bringing many sons to glory. The word bringing is a go. It means you and I, because of what Christ has done, because we are trusting in his work in Calvary, because of the precious shed blood and nothing else. Listen, folks, we're not, we're not here around this table this morning having a mass. <laughs> We're not here saying that this bread and this wine or this cup is the body and blood, the the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saying that Christ has paid all of our debt, that this remains bread, that it remains the juice that we would drink, and that we need no other man but Christ and Christ alone. That's what this is all about, that Jesus came and done all of this for us. And he is bringing, not we are working, He is bringing many sons to glory. Are you going to glory? It means sons and daughters. It's a generic term. Are you going to glory? Child of God, are you going to glory? Do you know you're going to glory? Are you going to glory because of what you have done? Are you going to glory because of your good works? Are you going to glory because of your masses? Are you going to glory because of something you've you've applied into and joined a denomination? No. How are you going to glory? The Father sent the Son that He would die for us on Calvary's tree, and now because He's risen from the dead, we are going to glory. He's bringing many sons to glory. He's bringing us. The idea is that He's carrying us to glory. It's the same term the Spirit brought Jesus into the wilderness. Because Jesus yielded Himself through the Holy Ghost. For example, in First Thessalonians 4 and verse 14, the word is used again about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then that sleep in Jesus, or those who have died as believers, will God bring with him The ground will open up and the bodies will raise up. I don't know how he's going to do it. It's not up to me to know. It's just up to me to believe it. But he's going to do it. And he's not going to drag them kicking and screaming. He's not going to be pulling anybody up and bringing anybody with him because uh, through their unbelief, I'm just dragging you along. No, no, no. You see, we'll look more at it tonight, God willing. But you see, God doesn't save you against your will. He makes you willing to be saved. Irresistible grace. And he's not going to be dragging the dead and they're going, I don't want to go, all right, Jesus, you're driving me, you're dragging me, you're pulling me out. Nor the spirit, the return to the body. He's not going to be doing that. He's coming in all glory, the rejoicing of it. The heavens will be filled with it. And the many sons bringing the glory will be you and I. So Jesus was identified by the Spirit as the Son of God with power. Then he's driven into the wilderness by the same Spirit. Here's something to remember. People tend to think, you know, if there's something going wrong in your life, if you're not rich or maybe even, you know, you haven't been too well or, you know, you must be out of favor with God. That's a load of nonsense. Oh, the devil's attacking you. Oh, you must be a real bad person. The devil wouldn't attack you if you weren't doing something right. He doesn't attack his own children. He attacks the children of God. He's already got the other ones. He's already got those souls. Don't land your soul and your heart and mind To Satan, brother, sister. Don't lend lend yourself to him. Let him know your testimony. Let him know how he was defeated at Calvary. Let him know you're a child of the king. You're a child of God. And no matter how weak you're feeling at that moment in time, no matter how down your life is, no matter what he whispers into your ear and tries to drive into your heart and dig into your soul, you make sure you let him know, listen, devil, have you met my big brother? He's called the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Have you met my king? He's already defeated you at Calvary. notice this. Jesus was, Jesus was taken from the waters to the wilderness. And Sometimes you might be in a, a, a meeting where the Spirit is moving or where the Word is really speaking to you or God's just really blessing you. And by the time you get up the road, something terrible has happened and you go, oh, what's happening to me? Listen, the Spirit brought him to meet the devil. <laughs> it was actually the Holy Ghost on it. Now show him who you are who is your real commander? And Jesus was saying, my father, I have revealed it all to him. And that's what happens. The devil comes and he tries to employ your members of your body. He tries to employ your mind and your heart and your spirit. He tries to take you and hold you captive and work you like a little puppet. And every time you yield to him, you're like the devil's puppet. You're like a wee Thunderbird man or woman. Jesus never once, never once, God willing, in the next part of this, we'll show you this, we'll start getting into it. Jesus never once yielded to the devil, even though Calvary was ahead of him. You know why? Because he came to do his Father's will. Because he came. He came to defeat a full-time devil and you being a part-time Christian you're the devil's one minute and maybe you're the creator I'm not saying you are but if you are you're yielding to him you could yield to him one minute could even be just you're allowing him to cause you to fear don't let him cause you to fear God hath not given you a spirit of fear, timidity don't be timid with him What of love and of power and of a sound mind know who you are in christ and every time we yield our members our minds our hearts our homes whatever it may be every time we yield our thoughts onto satan even if it's through the mouth of another by the way i want to tell you do you see him he was this, that, and the other, speaking this, that, and the other, and he says you're this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you start going, <laughs> isn't that true? Want me to tell you what I've learned to do now? It's all right, aye, aye, aye. Okay. That's it. Okay. Because I've heard it all before you. <laughs> seen it too many times. And I go home and say, I'm not going to let that devil use that man or that woman to bring me down. But I'm going to rise up in Jesus' name. I'm going to rise up because I am the victor. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Notice here, Jesus is taken from the waters to the wilderness, from the crowd to solitude. That's not Cliff football ground I'm talking about now, by the way, you football people. Solitude in the wilderness. He was on his own. And here's the thing, you know, there's certain things in our lives that even the pastor can't help you with. You've got to deal with it yourself. God has to really work in you and bring you through. Yes, we can pray and we can encourage, we can advise and all that. But if it's not taken on board and if you keep doing the same thing over again, you know what's going to happen. The devil just goes, he's easy. He's easy. Let's destroy him. And you can be sure that the devil is out to destroy you. And you're letting him every time you let him into your life. You can be sure as you're sitting in your seat. The devil is out to get you and to destroy you. How do you know? Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief or the devil cometh not before to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what he wants to do with you, he says. But listen, I am come, he says, that you might have life, you might have it more abundantly. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Step out in faith and believing him for greater. And listen, the Lord may allow you to go into a wilderness experience that he might teach you a lesson. He may allow you to go into a wilderness experience that he might prove your armor. And he might allow you to go into a wilderness experience that he may allow the anointing to be tested. Can you handle it? God gives gifts to people and he does not retract them. He does not remove them. I understand that. But there are times when God sees people moving forward and he'll say, well, you know, Here's such and such a person and, you know, I'm I'm blessing them and they take the blessing and they use it on their own greed, their own gain, and they allow the devil to get into their life and their ministry, into their heart, and everything's destroyed. It's not easy. I'm just using here because what I do, but it's where you are. It's what ministry, it's every ministry. It's not easy to stand up here and, and bring God's word. I'm tested and I'm tried and it's not about me, but I'm just saying it. I'm tested, I'm tried on everything I preach to you. In fact, this came from what I spoke on last week. started reading, Lord, what do you do? He goes from the crowd to solitude from acknowledgement of the Father, this is my beloved son, to the accuser, the devil, the accuser of the brethren. Imagine that. Lord, you're blessing me. Everything's great, isn't it? This is my beloved son. The Spirit takes him, the Spirit's behind him, carrying him. It's it's just engulfed in the Holy Ghost. I wish the Lord would come and engulf this church and every person in it and then dwell everyone with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you couldn't have any, uh, 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 you couldn't do anything else but do His will. That no, we couldn't. Notice this, Ties him along. Look at this, the Son of God with power. Everybody's looking at him. Everybody sees uh, that it's being proclaimed. This is Jesus there was a voice from heaven and the spirit came down in the form of a dove and and lighted at him and this is the son of God with power this is the Messiah that is to come and where is he next? He's on his own in the desert he's on his own in the desert and the devil right beside him whatever form that is the devil right beside him the devil starts to use the word of God against him but you know it's impossible to use the Word of God against the Word of God? (laughs) You know why? Because the Word of God is absolute truth. And that's where we'll be looking at. The Word of God in you. He is the Word, the Son. He is personified. I'll wrap this up. Give me a few moments. He goes from being anointed to being attacked. It goes from the open heavens to an awful hell. That is, in a wilderness, tired, weary, hungry, 40 days and 40 nights being tempted of the devil. Here's the thing. He goes from the triumphant being triumphant in testimony. This is my beloved son to being tried and tested. In Mark chapter 1 verse 13, Mark's account says, which we have read this morning, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts. Think about this. This is the Lord Jesus Christ here. This is God's Son. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Next thing we know, he's 40 days and 40 nights without food. You know what? People die with less than that. Emaciated. Do you ever think of that? If you were to watch a Hollywood movie, he'd have a wee coil over his head and a nice robe, and he'd be running around with a beautiful complexion. You know, he'd be just absolutely perfect beaming with health. He was a man. He would have been emaciated. He'd have had the very dirt from the ground around his feet and on his legs and probably on his hands. He'd have had the sand between his toes. I'm saying that were reverence. This is real. He may have even have had sores coming from uh, over his body. I don't know, We may well have because of the body being broken down because of lack of nutrition. And he's weak and he's tired. And he's, uh, you imagine there at night, it's very cold. And in the day, it's very warm. It's blistering heat. 40 days and 40 nights. 40 is the number of trial and testing, by the way, in the Bible. And he's there all of that time. I don't know if we could, any of us would even survive it and then the devil comes along when he's at his weakest he says surely now I can get you no not once and listen his company were wild beasts from heaven's glory think about it read Isaiah 6 when you go home In the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. He speaks of the seraphims with six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain or two he did fly. And one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory or filled with his glory. And this one steps off, as it were, that throne, becomes that baby to be carried into that temple by that virgin girl. And then we find him crowned with glory. Thou art my son, now emaciated in the desert, in the wilderness, with the devil and the wild beast humility and I love the end of this that Mark says Mark 1 and 13 he was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him forgive me if this is sanctified imagination but you know your father sends forth ministering angels for you Do you know that? And the pattern was already done right throughout the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and the Father sends ministering angels to his beloved. Go down and strengthen him. Go down and strengthen him. Here's, as it were, the final thought. When you're at your weakest, when you're at your worst, when you're at your lowest and you feel the devil won't let you alone and you feel there's no one else with you, you're in a solitary wilderness, an unoccupied desert place, and none else can help you, know this. The Father says to a big angel, Go minister unto my son. Go minister unto my daughter. Why does the Lord not just minister through his spirit? Oh, he does. But why does he send angels? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. It's just what he does. And I'm just grateful for it. Every dilemma you go through, the spirit of God is in you and with you every trial and every temptation. Yes, you can, brother. Yes, you can, sister. Deny that devil. Don't yield your members to him. And you'll find ministering angels are by your side. I believe there's angels in here. We just can't see the spirit world. We can't see it. I don't know what the angels, there's those little ones, as Jesus says, their angels behold their faces before the Father. What does that mean? We'll be talking about that some other time. Little ones, and their angels behold the face of the Father. Let's be careful how we treat our little ones. What we teach our little ones. See, for the monsters, the, I wouldn't even say animals, the animals, Heat of violence, there's not one part of it has went unnoticed by those little ones that ministering angels in heaven. Folks, that is part of the introduction. See how it unfolds? I've got so much written already. And to be honest, as I was writing it, it was strengthening me. We're going to look at the sword, fencing, the sword of the Spirit. And we're going to look as well as all of those points when he's hungry. The old devil comes physically attacking. devil physically attack you in your body and you get a sickness. You say, oh, uh, you know, The devil may may have you think, this is me finished. Listen, you know who says it's finished? Not the devil. The Lord says when you're finished. It's him that says it. Well, look through some of those, God willing.